Welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. I'm Lydia Serrani in for Greg Kelly. The Democrats' plan is backfiring in spectacular fashion. The scheme to keep Biden protected and elevated while simultaneously targeting and taking down Trump is crashing and burning. As decrepit Joe Biden deteriorates and destroys his country by the minute. If you thought no one would want him out of office more than, say, me and you, you'd actually be thinking wrong. There is no group more desperate to stop Biden's bid for the White House than the Democrats, because they know Biden simply cannot win. The Democrats never thought in a million years that after four criminal indictments, and there could be more coming, that Trump could easily beat Biden in a general election. A McLaughlin National Survey recently found that Trump not only beats Biden in a hypothetical matchup, but, but would do so in an electoral landslide. Trump 47, Biden 43. And in key battleground states, Trump 49 to Biden 41. But wait, ooh, it gets better. The New York Times, Siena poll, yes, the New York Times, their latest poll found Biden and Trump would tie at 43%. Tie. Do you know how difficult that must have been for those lefties at the Times to report that? And if the Times is saying it's a tie, what's the real number? But like I said, the plan to destroy Trump it is failing. Their attempt to demoralize and humiliate him in full effect last week. Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis released Trump's mugshot. You see it right there. And now she single-handedly has become the greatest campaign manager this country has ever seen. Trump's campaign has raised millions of dollars and galvanized support around him even in Georgia. Voters in Georgia still favoring Trump far above any other GOP candidate at 57% to DeSantis's dismal 15%. Are Democrats really this stupid? Did they not realize that Americans would see through these indictments as purely political persecutions? If Trump was such a criminal and such a threat to democracy, why did, did they wait two and a half years to indict him? And when he is soaring in the polls? You know what Democrats are good at, though? Sticking together, protecting each other for their ultimate cause, power and control. And they know with Biden as the nominee, they don't stand a chance against Trump. And when Joe bows out, out of the race, they'll say it's because of his health. And poor Joe, he doesn't even realize that his own people are setting him up. I mean, wh why, why would they allow this footage of a saggy Joe be taken at the beach? You're, you're going to tell me they, they couldn't keep the press away? That there was no way for them to stop the president from being on such an embarrassing display for all the world to see? Oh, God, it's hard to look at. No, 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 no. This is all part of the Democrat plan to use Biden's health as the reason for his inability to keep running when we know there's other reasons. All of Joe's flubs used to be so much more contained. You know, they had everything on the little cue cards. But it seems that even his staff has now given up on him, like most Americans. Pause for just a moment. I thought things had changed. I was able to literally, not figuratively, talk Strom Thurmond into voting for the, for the Civil Rights Act before he died. And I thought, well, maybe there's real progress. But hate never dies. Yeah, that's Joe Biden claiming he talked South Carolina Democrat turned Republican Senator Strom Thurmond into voting for the Civil Rights Act when he was just 21 years old. Well, here's a problem with that, aside from the fact that he was only 21. While Thurmond and Biden were contemporaries in the Senate, Biden was nowhere near the Senate seat. He won at age 
29. This incident, just one of many of Joe's tall tales, now becoming all too frequent. Even the left-wing Associated Press now calling out Biden's age. A new Associated Press Newark poll came out showing that 77% of Americans feel that Biden is too old for a second term. A whopping 69% of Democrats are feeling the same way. Democrats, wow. And now even the fake news has stopped protecting Joe Biden. I'm talking about his age and his stamina and his ability to do the job. And you're talking about the record. And I understand why you'd rather talk about the record. But I'm talking about what Americans see when they turn on the TV and they see, you know, Joe Biden's been in politics since before, literally since before you were born. And like that he's. He's well, well, let's talk, aged. Well, let's talk about this. As we all do. Let's talk about this. Ooh, burn since before you were born. Wow, the fact that CNN even did a Joe Biden being too old as a segment, never mind Jake Tapper actually stating the obvious, it speaks volumes. And the words, I mean, of, of Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost, remember that scene? If you're listening, Joe, you in danger, Biden. So if not Biden as the Democrat nominee, then who? It won't be Kamala Harris. They know Americans can't stand that cackle. (laughs) 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 The new Democrat nominee for president will be none other than, drum roll please, consummate con man, California Governor Gavin Newsom. You're probably thinking, how is that possible, Lydia? Come on. California's population, it's decreasing daily. There's been a mass exodus there. Crime is skyrocketing. Uh, Look at these robbery flash mobs. They're all the rage. San Francisco, oh my goodness, once like the tech capital of of America, it's now become America's toilet (laughs) with people defecating in public the norm. They literally have people that go out there to wash off the sidewalks. That's the answer for all the people taking poops out there. Yet here is Newsom defending the crime in Los Angeles. No, you're not the mayor, but 470 cities, but you know, this is second. I mean, one of the most spectacular cities in the world. And look, I'm very sensitive to this as a former mayor. Yeah. And I deeply appreciate the point you're making. I can give you statistics that bear fruit uh, to a more objective look. You, I, one being Texas has higher violent crime rates and property crime sure, rates. Sure, but that's not an answer. No one that cares. Isn't an answer. And that's why that's I'm not, not going to answer. That. You can't just say, that's well, yeah, but it's bad everywhere. It is the answer when you're running for president. And how sad is it that a nighttime talk show host like James Corden is asking more hard-hitting questions than so-called journalists? Then there's Newsom's recent tweets. Check this one out. He wrote, California will not cooperate with any state that attempts to prosecute women or doctors for receiving or providing reproductive care. Obviously, he's talking about an abortion, you know, the killing of an unborn baby, which is a key issue Democrats think they can win on. But now you're thinking, okay, but come on, California has more homeless people than any other state. You've seen the encampments, the tent cities. No way Newsom can run for president when his own streets are a mess figuratively and literally. Oh, but check out this latest Newsom tweet. He is now appealing to Elon Musk of all people, he's playing every angle he can to kind of get more people on his side. Newsom claiming that he's doing all he can to clean up the streets, but it's the court's fault. Yeah. And quote, they must be held accountable. Enough is enough. 
Listen, I'm no psychic Miss Cleo. Remember her? But by November, I guarantee you Democrats will bid farewell to Biden. Trade in stumbling and fumbling white haired Joe for some slick talking, stiff hair gelled Gavin Newsom. I'm not going to call him a pretty boy because he isn't. This isn't pretty. This is all ugly politics. Democrats know that if Trump wins, he's not only going to clean up house, He's going to make sure that all of the criminals, regardless of their last name, be held accountable. I hope that Republican district attorneys and attorney generals throughout the country are closely watching the tremendous weaponization of justice that is being utilized against me. There's never been anything like it. But you ought to watch. And frankly, it's an eye for an eye or it's fight fire with fire. What they're doing to our country is amazing. So Republicans, I hope you're watching. Fight fire with fire. So while Trump continues to surge in the polls, a protective wall around the Bidens, ooh, it's cracking and not altogether crumbling. Joe Biden for years and years has been spinning this very same line. I did not know he was on the board of that company. I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters. I did my job. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have. We've always kept everything separate. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. The company line. Joe Biden had no knowledge or, or interaction whatsoever with what Hunter was up to. A lie. Wow, wow, wow. Another day, another lie for Joe Biden. Well, that, that latest lie, it's coming back to haunt you, Joe. In a new release of emails from Joe Biden's time as vice president, it's now been revealed that Joe's vice president office and Hunter Biden's firm exchanged over 1,000 emails. It appears there was very little distance that existed between Hunter's international business dealings and the White House. But what does this all mean? And of course, the pseudonyms and all. We're joined now by the former acting director for national intelligence, Rick Grinnell. Thank you, Rick, for being with us tonight on Greg Kelly Reports. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. So what do you first? I want I want your reaction. What do you think of my theory that Newsom is their guy? I think they're setting it all up. I totally disagree. There's no possible way. Gavin Newsom is a failure. Uh, he doesn't work in the swing states. He doesn't work in the Midwest. I just can't wait for people to see the real Gavin Newsom. I, I, I think, Lydia, that um, the governor of Michigan is going to have something to say if they all of a sudden back Joe out of this. Uh, Kamala is not going away just at any point. Um, I think Mayor Pete is going to rise up. I think it's a food fight. And my theory is you could be right. They could be setting Joe up for uh, a moment where they push him out. But make no mistake, this is a Democratic Party that uh, will immediately rally around the Democratic National Committee with their VIPs. They will wait until uh, the primary season is over. They're not going to have a messy primary with 10 people trying to run. What they're going to do, if they do it, is push him out right before the convention. 
have the VIPs meet together and say, because it's, it's, there's no time anymore, we are going to put forward a name and we will vote on that person at the convention. They'll pretend like it's uh, a, a real process. It won't be a real process. They'll pick who they want. And I think if they have their way, if the insiders have their way, they will pick Gretchen Whitmer and the entire uh, election will be about abortion. Wow. Well, I do think that they will make the entire election about abortion. So let's uh, pivot now to Joe Biden and the scandals. This is a story that obviously the left wing media doesn't like to cover and never covers. Uh, like, look at, I mean, it's thousands of emails. The National Archives shared that Joe Biden used also three different pseudonyms. 5,000 emails from those fake accounts, 5,400. Rick, why would the vice president need one, let alone three different fake accounts, many of which, by the way, Hunter Biden was CC'd on. And then he goes out and he has said multiple times that his son had nothing to do with any of the business. He, he, he had nothing to do with the White House. He had nothing to do with his son's business dealings. We have the evidence clear cut right there. Yeah, look, um, uh, you know, part of me wants to say uh, we've got to stop pretending like anyone in Washington, um, including, by the way, some of our elected officials, anyone in Washington is ever going to make a move to shrink the power of Washington. These people love it. They benefit from Washington. We've got to start sending new people there, people that are on the outside, because uh, it's almost a joke on us now where we're saying, oh, you Washington insiders, you media people, why aren't you being outraged? Why aren't you holding them to account? Um, the joke is on us now because the media and all of the uh, political uh, types in Washington love the system. They love it. They benefit from it. So we've got to stop asking them to change. The swamp isn't going to change. They really like it. So we've got to take the power into our own hands. We've got to either send people there or we've just got to demand, take to the streets and demand change. And maybe that is an overwhelming vote in November of 24. But the reality is, is that Washington, D.C. types, they love the system and they are never going to change it. I'll finish with this. When I was at the State Department uh, as ambassador to Germany and as acting director of national intelligence, I kept my State Department account because I had both. Mm -hmm. Within less than a year of me leaving the State Department, my emails were released to liberal groups. Mm. All of them. Wow. And it's it's so crazy that Republicans have their emails released. Hillary's emails haven't been released. We're now just seeing Joe Biden's. Nobody in Washington cares. Again, this is so outrageous. The real people outside of Washington, D.C. see this and they're outraged about it. Uh, and they should be. But when Trump, when Trump gets into the White House, things are going to change. Rick Grinnell, thank you so much for joining us tonight. All the best. All right. They have been uh, there have been numerous GOP calls to give uh, Fawny Willis the boot, but looks like she's getting support from her state's governor, Brian Kemp. Oh, what will the verdict be? We'll talk about it with Alina Haba after the break. Trump pleaded not guilty today to the charges brought against him by Fulton County District Attorney Fonny Willis there in Georgia. He also opted to waive his arraignment. This comes just one week after he surrendered at the Fulton County Jail there in Georgia and released 
what has become now one of the most iconic mugshots in history. This as now District Attorney Fonnie Willis attempts even more election interference. She's now proposing a trial date for Trump and his co-defendants on October 23rd of this year. Meanwhile, it took her two and a half years to bring this indictment, and it could potentially be televised and live streamed for all to see. Lots going on, but we've got just the right person to talk about it. She doesn't hold back. Legal spokeswoman and general counsel of Save America PAC, Alina Haba. Thank you so much for, for being with us, Alina. Of course, anytime. How are you? I'm doing well, and I know Trump is doing even better. Let's take a look at an updated schedule of key dates for Trump in yellow, election events in blue. I mean, look at this. I mean, how can you not deny that this is political persecution, election interference at the highest level? They're clearly doing everything they can to cloud and conflict Trump's schedule with trial dates. What can be done about this? There's a lot to be done. Remember, this is the first dates. Some cases we've asked, uh, just in the one case, we've asked for an adjournment of the dates. But we can't deny by looking at that calendar and that insane schedule that these are cases that have been going on and investigated for years. But somehow the grand jury was rushed on all of these cases to indict President Trump because he's leading in the polls and they really can't stop him without it. So uh, what will we do? We will file the appropriate motions. Obviously, I'm not going to give the other side any window into our strategy, but um, we have clear uh, division. We have clear judges, AGs, DAs that have political motivation. They've said it before they even came on the bench. They've said it before they even indicted, before they had the grand jury even convened. And they did it uh, all for their own politics and campaigning or their political sides. And it's un-American and we'll, we'll take steps towards stopping that. Do you think it's a coincidence that you're seeing in, in a lot of polls that in a hypothetical matchup, Trump versus Biden, that Trump beats Biden? I mean, we're talking about an electoral landslide in some polls. This is not right. a coincidence, right? It's not a coincidence. And I think if you look at our country, I think it speaks for itself. Um, you've seen a lot of the minority vote come out right now, and, and they're really feeling for President Trump and all these legal battles and seeing how the, he is being prosecuted and persecuted. And they are saying, hey, I can't have this. This could happen to me. Georgia, they're looking at their state. They're looking at their city, their town. And they're saying this is a woman who isn't getting crime off the streets. Letitia James, D.A. Bragg, New York. Crime is rampant. We've got our borders open. And what do we see? Them persecuting a man who created jobs in Manhattan, who was a self-made person, who wasn't bought by any political party or any any political uh, avenue or, or, frankly, anything, because he's his own man. And that's why they're coming at him. They don't really have any other venue to do it. So now we're seeing what I call political lawfare. We've heard it a lot in the past month, but that is what this is. It's not warfare. It's using the law in an inappropriate manner to further political gain because they cannot beat him. And I remember, I'm, I'm old enough to remember that when the 9-11 terror attacks happened, Trump raced down to ground zero. He used his right. own money to help pay for recovery efforts. He was a hero. He was a hero to America, yeah. to New York, until he came down that escalator in 2015 and decided to run for president as a Republican. All of a sudden, now he's become persona non grata. 
That's right. That's right. And he will be a hero again. And that's the truth, because when you look at the way our country is falling apart at this moment and what we've done and what I see him doing, you know, last night he was with families who lost, uh, unfortunately, victims because of the way that we left Afghanistan. And you see it and you say, my God, we can't even exit a country without losing so many things. And this man is now being politically and, and literally legally prosecuted and persecuted for library books, for accounting things in a company that weren't even done inappropriately. And I can't even articulate what Georgia's is for him protecting the Constitution and our democracy. I don't know. But they hate him and they're so afraid of him. And that's because if he gets back, when he gets back, they will be in trouble. Absolutely. I mean, free speech, right? What he did in Georgia is what so many Democrats, Stacey Abrams, Hillary Clinton, you name it, have done before him. And meantime, you have the Georgia governor, Brian Kemp. He isn't standing on the right side uh, of the world at no. this point, you know, of the aisle. Forget about the aisle. The governor spoke today rejecting GOP pressures to remove that DA. Clearly, she has an agenda. She even put out a website to try to fundraise off of this. But take That's a listen right. to Kemp. Up to this point, I have not seen any evidence that D.A. Willis's actions or lack thereof warrant action by the Prosecuting Attorney Oversight Commission. But that will ultimately be a decision that the commission will make. Alina, what do you make of these Republicans that are not standing on the right side of history and that they're going against Trump? I, I don't care who you want to stand behind. Honestly, that's not where I stand. I'm a lawyer and I, I speak as a legal spokesperson. So for me, I see this in a very different perspective. I'm not a politician, but these are individuals who have a duty to their constituents. And if you're going to wait years and years and years and then prosecute someone when your own state has crimes and real issues, I think you really need to evaluate your position, your morals and your values. And um, I think that they're trying to make a name for themselves and for Unfortunately, politicians are, you know, elected officials. Elected officials have to do what's popular and sometimes not what's right. Um, and that's a problem. That's, I think, why people get nervous with Trump. He doesn't do what's popular or what's right. Mm -hmm. he, or, or what I should say. I should say he only does what's right. He doesn't do what's popular. And you've got somebody like Kemp trying to make a name for himself. And he frankly has. He's made headlines because he's going against the leading candidate for the Republican Party and frankly, the leading presidential candidate, period. Right. Absolutely. Alina Hava, always with the fire. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. Thanks, Lydia. All right. And when we come back. Some people are always in a hurry. They run when they could walk. Race up steps when others take it slow. When Joe Biden's president, America is just going to have to keep up. Oh, please. Joe's clearly not keeping up with anyone any longer. And a new memoir on Joe Biden confirming what we have been saying all along, the details when Greg Kelly reports returns. No blind rhetoric. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. 
With all of this Trump legal talk, the real question is, how much of an impact will this have on the 2024 presidential race? We've got a whole row of radical prosecutors desperate to take down Trump. Oh, God, they're so desperate. Just take a listen. I am announcing that today we are filing a lawsuit against Donald Trump for violating the law. Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts. An indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States. The defendants engaged in a criminal racketeering enterprise to overturn Georgia's presidential election result. Too bad their quest to take down Trump and therefore people like me and you who love America doesn't stand a chance. We want Trump! We want Trump! We want Trump! We want Trump! We love Trump! We love Trump! We love Trump! We love Trump! Let's bring in our expert panel, former National Press Secretary for the Trump campaign, Hogan Gidley. Also with us, founder and president of the Article 3 Project, Mike Davis. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us tonight on Greg Kelly Reports. Thank you. Hogan, speaking of support, let's take a look at the latest polling. Trump is leading at 62, well, 61 percent here, 61 percent. And Ron DeSantis, 9 percent. Earlier, I talked about it, that uh, 77 percent of Americans think Joe Biden is too old. 69 percent of those people are, are Democrats in a hypothetical matchup. Trump would trounce Biden. What do you think about this? Well, it just goes to show you that Donald Trump remains popular amongst the GOP base and, of course, Americans. Uh, they're looking for someone to stand up and be their voice. That was Donald Trump before. Everybody else in this race is running saying, look, if you elect me, I promise I'll do all of Donald Trump's policies. Now, they very well may do that. But when you're facing all the problems we face today because of Joe Biden and what he has done, Donald Trump is the only one who can stand up and say, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. Put me back in the office. You better believe I'll do it again. On top of that, just a little cherry so everyone understands, I'm also going to eradicate the deep state. They went after me before I was president, while I was president. They're going after me now, and they've been after my staff, my work, my family. I promise you I'm going to protect you, the American people. I'm your voice. I'm your megaphone. I'm going to stand in the gap, and I'm your fighter. That's what those polls show. You know what's worse than a Democrat? It's a Republican that used to support Trump. And then because of whatever, you know, maybe they don't like a personality or something that he may have said that hurt their feelings, they go against him. And in a sense, they are hurting the entire country by doing so. You have Chris Christie. He made another round on the fake news. And take a listen what he had to say. On this stage has ever defeated a Democratic incumbent in an election, and I did it in a very blue state, being outspent three to one. So that's why I'm the guy who can beat Joe Biden. And this trial date for Donald Trump just makes it even clearer that he cannot be our nominee. If he is, we're going to lose the election. Mike Davis, what do you think about Christie and other Republicans like him? I mean, he's literally running on a campaign of get Trump, hate Trump. 
Yeah, unfortunately for Chris Christie, the, the Lincoln Project wing of the Republican Party is not going <laughs> to win here. This lawfare against President Trump is only making him stronger. The American people understand that, that we the people, not Democrat prosecutors and Democrat judges and Democrat juries and Democrat hellholes like New York, D.C. and Atlanta get to pick the next president of the United States. And, and Hogan, uh, well, I'll get you both actual reactions of this. Let's not forget the guy currently occupying the White House. There's a new memoir coming out on Joe Biden called The Last Politician uh, Inside Joe Biden's White House and the Struggle for America's Future by Franklin Foer. Uh, some er experts of the book were released, and it just goes to show that Joe is losing momentum for 2024. Uh, here's one excerpt. In private, he would occasionally admit that he felt tired. And here's another one. It was striking that he took so few morning meetings or presided over so few public events before 10 a.m. His public persona reflected physical decline and times dulling of mental faculties that no pill or exercise regime can resist. So I'll get both of your reactions to this. Hogan, you first. You lose elections when you shock the electorate. Read my lips, no new taxes. That's what George H.W. Bush said, and then he raised taxes, and of course, he got beat. Someone like Bill Clinton, on the other hand, you knew he was a dirtbag. So when he got caught with Monica Lewinsky, no one really cared because the cake was already baked. Joe Biden was sold to the American people as good old Uncle Joe, someone who's empathetic. He's not, that's been proven. Someone who tells the truth. He doesn't. He lies about his son. He lies about his own house. He lies about so many other things. Um, he has time and again uh, shown that whatever the press said about him, that he's calm, that he can bring people together, he isn't. Reports come out that he yells at his staff and he's mean and he's nasty. He hasn't been able to get people together. He doesn't know foreign policy like we were told he did. The problem with Joe Biden is this persona, this facade is beginning to crumble in large part because of what Donald Trump has exposed, but also what Republicans in the House have started to show and expose to the American people. Now, if the mainstream press would cover it, mm. I think it wouldn't just be tied or Trump would be a little ahead. He'd be way ahead. But at some point, they're not going to be able to ignore it anymore. And Joe Biden's house is going to crumble. I couldn't agree more. Mike Davis, quick response from you. I would say if these Republicans think that these uh, that this lawfare against Trump is going to weaken him, why are Democrats indicting him four times and why are they trying to disqualify him from the ballot based upon a civil war amendment to take out civil war insurrectionists? Democrats know that President Trump is going to beat Biden like a drum on November 5th, 2024. All right. Hogan Gidley, Mike Davis, thank you both. Thank you. While the Republican presidential primary is heating up, don't be so quick to discount Biden's challengers. Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is he's gaining support across the spectrum. Our own Sarah Williamson caught up with some of his supporters. Unity is the mantra of this crowd. The political divide coming together for Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the Democratic presidential candidate who has won the hearts of some Republicans. I'm a registered Republican, and I, but I am a former Democrat, and I, I think um, I'm always looking for both parties to have a voice away from the establishment. RFK has made it very clear that unity is a priority, and he's taken the actions in his responses to really hard-hitting questions to not bash anyone and to really unite 
both parties, even complimenting Donald Trump on his presidency. Do you think that Biden should have the courage to debate RFK? Absolutely, of course, sure, absolutely. Why? Because uh, that's what democracy is about. Well, do you think that Biden should debate RFK? No. Why not? Because he's the president. Um, he has no incentive to debate. I fully acknowledge that. And there's not a ton of history for presidents to get a viable primary challenge. How do you think the media is trading RFK? Uh, they're kind of ignoring him, aren't they? They're marginalizing him as, as usual. They're ignoring him. Uh, the, at least the mainstream corporate media within uh, th that kind of are the propaganda network for the Democratic Party. They're ignoring him. They have every incentive to ignore him. I think he should join alliances with President Trump to bring this country back to where it needs to be. All right, and that was Sarah Williamson with that report. Now, when we come back, a lot more to talk about the latest on Biden's border crisis. New York Governor Kathy Hochul now wants to give all the illegals you see right there in more jobs and eventually the right to vote. Yep, more on this when Greg Kelly reports returns. Biden's border crisis is far from slowing down as illegals continue to invade New York City and the rest of the country, creating chaos. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is now convinced she has a solution. Her master plan, listen to this, to give jobs to the illegals, which is in addition to free housing, education, health care, cell phones and more. All while 380,000 New Yorkers remain unemployed. In Hochul's new jobs program, the Department of Labor will now be authorized to connect illegal aliens with employers so they can get jobs. Hochul's, Hochul's website touting the Department of Labor career experts will work with individuals to assess skills, work history, education, career interests, and more, and connect them with employers across the state. They don't even know who these people are. They're not even vetting them. They're not testing them for diseases. Oh, my God. And once these illegal aliens have work authorization, there is the strong potential, if Democrats, of course, get their way, that they'll be able to vote in New York elections. Mm, let's bring in former acting director for Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Ronald Vidiello, to discuss. Ronald, welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. Thanks for inviting me. What do you make of Hochul's program? What people need to understand, yes, it's happening here in New York City. But it, if it starts here, it's kind of like a pilot program. It's going to spread across the country. I mean, the fact that we're having all these people in, paying for everything for them, and now we're going to hook them up with a job, does, it, does this not only incentivize people to, to uh, come here illegally even more so? Sure, it absolutely does. Right? New York, let's start at the root here. They, they want to be a sanctuary city, a sanctuary state, if you will. So they've already encouraged a certain level of uh, illegal immigrant to come to the city. Um, you know, there are jobs, there's cultural support, there's all these other things. And now we're going to say, hey, let, we're going to give you a place to stay because we must put you in a shelter. Oh, and while you're here, let's vet you for a job and put you into the economy, which is the original reason they left home for in the beginning. So this is a terrible mistake. It, it is and will be an incentive and not one mention of what needs to be done as it relates to securing that border, working with our allies in the hemisphere to make sure that we have a safe and orderly process at the border and stop this catch and release policy, because that's where this is coming from. When this administration took over, 
The border ha had 45-year lows in activity of illegal migration across that southwest border. That's where this president started. Now we've seen the worst surge ever, and in the last three years, we're we're over two million encounters by CBP. And let's not forget. That's not just encounters. That's a, those are the people they put hands on. That doesn't account for the drugs and all the other people that came through the between the ports that were never encountered by law enforcement. And then in, in 2021, here in New York City, the council, the city council passed a measure to allow non-citizens who lived in New York City to vote in local elections. So as long as they're permanent legal residents or drum roll, please have a U.S. work authorization. Right now, the new law is still being challenged in court. But Ronald, is this the end game here? It sure seems like it, right? Another incentive. And it degrades the citizenship that the people of New York and other places have, right? Your vote is, is, is a privilege. It's, it's a right that you have in the United States as a citizen, not somebody who broke the line, not somebody who crossed the border illegally and found their way into New York State or New York City. Uh, they're, they're degrading citizenship across the board and encouraging more people to come. I say they're degrading the American dream. Ronald Vidiello, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Thank you. America's justice system, it is under attack. It's time to investigate the Biden administration's two-tier justice system. More on this double standard when Greg Kelly reports returns. The American justice system, it's disintegrating with American heroes under attack. One of the left's main targets, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, the man who made New York City the safest big city in the world. And during the worst times this country has ever seen, Giuliani, along with my next guest right there, former NYPD Commissioner Bernie Carrick, helped the country heal after the 9-11 attacks. Commissioner Carrick joins me now. Welcome, sir. Thank you. So, Commissioner, if you know Rudy Giuliani better than you do, as a NYPD police commissioner, you were there with Mayor Giuliani on September 11th. It was a terrible day, but you both emerged as heroes, and rightfully so. But the left doesn't see it that way. District Attorney Fonnie Willis, she's a far leftist. Her father was a founder of the Radical Black Panthers. She wants to put Rudy in jail. The charges that she's charged him with in this political persecution, given his life expectancy, he would rot and die in prison. She wants him to die in prison. That's what she's looking for. And basically for what? For protesting and calling into question an election, an election that he believes, I believe, the president believed at the time and now that was written with fraud and, and improprieties. Um, and he extended his First Amendment rights his Sixth Amendment rights uh, to be the counsel for the president of the United States. And she has prosecuted him and charged him with things that if convicted, he would die in prison. Mm. That is not the United States of America that I grew up in. This is not the country I grew up in. And it's shocking to be able to watch this go on. I, I I know Rudy on a personal level as well. You couldn't find a greater man. And now Mayor Giuliani, if you noticed on our screen there, we put a half screen there. He's launched a legal defense fund. It's called the Rudy Giuliani Legal Defense Fund. Rudy's new legal defense fund is up at RudyFund.com. And he has an 800 number if people 
wants to donate. And President Trump is urging Americans like you to support Mayor Giuliani in his fight against this two-tier justice system. Sadly, this type of injustice, is it's occurring. And, and Mayor Giuliani, he's not alone. He's not their only target. Just last week, we witnessed President Trump, America's mayor, and 17 other co-defendants surrender at Fulton County Jail in Georgia. To help us try and make a little bit more sense of all of this, let's bring in another expert, former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C., and Newsmax contributor Do Joe D. Genova. Thank you, Joe, for for being with us and Commissioner Carrick, you're staying with us as well. Uh, Joe, your, your thoughts on this, the fact that they're going after Rudy Giuliani of all people and trying to use the RICO charge, which he used to destroy the mob. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that these prosecutions in New York State, Washington, D.C., Miami, Florida, and, and of course in Georgia are politically motivated. I, I, I think it's time for people to stop the the, the critical legal analysis of all of this to try to make sense out of it, because it doesn't make any sense. These are prosecutions motivated by vengeance and vindictive prosecution. They're trying to destroy people. They're not trying to enforce the law. This is not about justice. This is not about trying to find out what the facts are. The fact is, these are frontal assaults on the First Amendment, the right to protest, the right to contest elections, which is paramount to having elections remain truth, truthful and honest. You cannot have honest elections if you don't let people challenge them. And so to have this happen in Georgia, to have a prosecutor who announced during her campaign mm. that she was going to get Donald Trump and the people around him, that is a disgrace. That is unprofessional. It is unethical. And not a word, by the way, from the American Bar Association about any of these horrendous prosecutions. No defense of the First Amendment, no defense of lawyers, no defense of the attorney-client privilege, just a complete silence from the American Bar Association about the assault on lawyers. Disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. And everybody should give to Rudy and help him out. Absolutely. Uh, Commissioner, we only have 30 seconds left. Trump said it best, right? They're not coming after me. They're coming after you, after you. I'm just in the way. Do you believe that now more than ever? And are you worried for yourself? And Joe, I'm sure you're, I mean, do you worry about it at all? Well, listen, I'm going I'm to tell you something, uh, Lydia. Joe, uh, has been a target uh, as well as I. And, and what's ironic, if you look at the numbers that were arrested in uh, in the Fulton County uh, persecution, um, I think there's five or six lawyers in that bunch. You know what? They go after your family, the president's family. They went after his colleagues, his workers, and his employees. And eventually they went after his lawyers. Every single one of them have been targeted in some way. Absolutely. This is completely insane. It is. Joe, thank you. Bernie, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. Enough is enough with this double standard of justice, and you can help Rudy Giuliani. He is an American hero, and he's under attack. They want to jail him. It's incredible and sick, and we need to fight back. Go to RudyFund.com or call the number right there on your screen below and find out how you can help Mayor Giuliani. Don't go anywhere. Greg Kelly reports. We'll be right back.
And that'll do it for tonight's Greg Kelly Reports. Greg will be back Tuesday when the show premieres in its new time at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm Lydia Serrana. You can catch me Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern and Sundays at noon. I end every show with this message of hope. Trust and remember that God is with you in all ways, always. Have a great night. Thank you.